Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to The Earnest Man Show. Wherever you may be in this world. Just a quick message on how you can win a fabulous prize. After listening to an episode, simply go to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and go to the Discuss comment section below the episode. Leave a comment. That's it. It's that simple. Within a week, if a winner is chosen, you possibly could be a winner of a fabulous prize. Okay, well, it's it's not a car or a boat, but then again, you don't have to pay any taxes on it. So, what are you waiting for? You've got a good chance, and you can say anything you like. So, that's my message. Now, let's go to the show. This is episode number 96. Yes, things are bad right now. Here's some advice to help. There are basically two kinds of people out there who are unaware or unconcerned about the economy. And that's what I'm going to talk about. Because if you are unaware of how bad things are, you are either completely disconnected from the reality of what's going on and especially what's further coming down the pike, or you fall into that minority, the group of people that have enough money and frankly really don't give a damn. What I want to talk about first is exactly how we got here in the first place. Because before we can even begin to talk about fixing anything or trying to correct these problems in our life, it's important to understand how we got here in the first place. If we don't have that, and we don't do this together, nothing's really going to change. It's going to be the same old, same old of putting a Band-Aid on a major wound, kicking the can down the economic road. So how exactly did this come about? Well, this malfeasance, which is basically what it is, came from two primary sources. One of them are the very citizens themselves. The other is the government. Now, I don't want to have to explain in every single minute detail how this took place, but I am going to touch on how it basically happened. By and large, for better or for worse, the American public are primarily consumers. They are trained, quite literally, from the cradle to the grave to be consumers, to blindly going about buying things, particularly new things, and a whole bunch of shit they don't need. 
And in order to facilitate that, if the income isn't there, well, all the credit card companies salivate as they slither up to you with 10,000 offers every week in the mail for a new card. Anything to get you hooked on the credit treadmill. And that is a losing proposition. They're not doing this out of concern. They're not doing this out of love. They're doing this to get you hooked. A lot of these credit cards that come, for instance, you know, they may claim that they're as low as 2 or 3%, but of course, the devil is in the details. And this is all determined by your credit ratio or your credit report, let's say. So if you have very good credit, well, of course, it's an upside down economic period pyramid. So basically, those with wealth are rewarded with paying far less and the brunt and the burden of everything else always goes on the working people. Anyway, you'll find out that basically an average that was taken was somewhere between 13 to 17%. That's right. 13 to 17%. Just for shits and giggles, I responded to uh, one of those advertisements that I got in the mail with my own little note that said, thank you, but no thank you. But my current neighborhood loan shark is actually offering far better rates on the loan. It is so bad that at this point, they've ratcheted up the game to the point that many people simply cannot make ends meet and are having to buy their groceries or perhaps even pay utility bills on a credit card. This, of course, leads to economic disaster. And when the whole thing does go to pot, well, guess what? Those people at the top, not going to affect them. So they don't give a damn whatsoever. In other words, collectively speaking, it's always the workers, it's always the general populace that's left holding the bag. I was wondering how many people realize this, because it's not something that happened overnight. This is something primarily starting about 40 years ago in slow and subtle, but well, here we are today. It kind of makes you wonder, isn't it true that that analogy of the frog in the boiling water isn't true? Because as they say, take a frog and toss it in a pot of boiling water, well, it will attempt to jump out immediately. But if you put a frog in water and very slowly raise the temperature, it will cook, not realizing exactly how bad the situation is until it's too late. This is where we're finding ourselves today. And the thing is, despite all of the techno 
financial babble that you hear through the mainstream media and all of its subsidiary outlets, such as NPR, for instance. They keep talking about nudging interest rates. Yes, if we just nudge the interest rates in this particular direction or that particular direction, everything's going to be fine. Meanwhile, the fleecing and financial rape continues, but they just keep saying, it's okay, everything's going to be okay. It'll just take a little time, but it's gonna be okay. Well, guess what? It's not okay, and guess what? It's not going to be okay. As a matter of fact, it's only going to get worse. This game of corporate malfeasance and thievery is not designed to end or to be reversed. Certainly not now. It is designed to just keep going and to do anything possible to keep it that way. Meanwhile, collectively, most people are going broke. People are having to use what little bit of equity, for instance, in the home that they thought they were buying to cash out some of the built-up equity again just to keep things going. So I don't need to actually draw a roadmap to explain where this is eventually going to end up. People in droves losing their homes and or at least for the time being those few remaining people who have fairly decent paying jobs they get locked into the deal and then and only then after they've got them well then it's too bad jim because guess what wave after wave of unemployment and downsizing and cuts and regrouping and rearranging takes place so your income drops sometimes by a large amount and then you're left holding the bag and the cycle keeps repeating itself and it's going to keep repeating itself until there are enough people that are actually without a home without a place to stay without a decent job that provides for their necessities until there is a mass of people will anything possibly change this may sound strange or ironic and i don't mean in any way to wish this on anyone but collectively speaking it's not so much how bad things are it's just that they're not bad enough not yet there's not enough people across the board who are suffering. So if you could only imagine the homeless plight doubling or tripling, I think it's at that point, maybe, maybe collectively, that people might come, as they say, proverbially speaking, with pitchforks in hand to the uh, local governments or what have you and demand real change 
But until that occurs, well, we just keep going through the same old drudgery and the same old shitstorm day in and day out. But one thing is very apparent. It keeps getting worse. However slowly this is the case, it keeps getting worse. What we can expect out of this, what is inevitably going to happen, is that there's going to be a general collapse. And the general collapse that I'm thinking of would be something that would make the last Great Depression of the 1930s look like a Tupperware party. And that may be exactly what may be necessary to uh, bring about some uh, absolutely needed reform, let's say. So considering <clears throat> that, essentially speaking, I'm not necessarily 100% saying that this is totally the case, but there are so many safeguards for the obscenely wealthy that they have basically cooked the tax books. Essentially, they pay no taxes. And one thing is absolutely for certain, they sure as hell don't pay their fair share of taxes. You know the guys I'm talking about. You know the Brazos and the Musks and the people who are just beyond the pale obscenely rich. But what you may not know is there's a whole heap of other ones that are absolutely silent. It's the names that we don't know. And if you think for even one second that these people are going to allow any meaningful change without some kind of force to take place, well, think again. They didn't get where they are by being nice people. They got where they were by absolute greed. The absolute hoarding of money and funneling it to themselves. This is something that many people who put so much faith and want to put so much faith in the country, in its government, but, as was said before a couple hundred years ago, when the government no longer represents or functions in the interest of its people, well, it's time to, uh, to do something about the government. What you can expect is a continuation of the current course and program. You're going to continue to see higher food cost, higher cost of living in general, not to mention just paying the rent, because there is no regulatory agency really in effect. They are uh, working in sort of a Wild West manner as far as landlord-tenant law is concerned. Yeah, sure, there perhaps are a few laws on the books, but most of them 
don't really have much in the way of teeth. So pretty much they can do whatever the hell they want. And that is exactly what they do. I see the numbers, the current numbers of the cost of just a simple one bedroom or two bedroom apartment in uh, LA, for instance, it's, it is beyond the scale of comprehension and how anyone is expected, again, your average citizen to pay this. Well, I guess that might have something to do with the fact of the absolutely huge number and growing of homeless people in LA, not to mention many and most of all of our other large cities. But as I said, it's only going to continue to get worse. If you're one of those people or a few people or couples and you're still doing relatively well, here's a newsflash. It's only a matter of time before it's really going to affect you. It's like the unwanted things that have been used and spent, these droves and droves of zombie-like humans with no future, nowhere to go, and they're coming to you. They're coming to you one way or the other, slowly and annoyingly at first, then eventually by force, because when you take masses of people and you put these conditions on them, what else are they going to do? In other words, everything that you had hoped and dreamed in your safe community, or for that matter, in your safe guarded or gated community, that's not going to protect you. Because one of the worst enemies that there can be out there are masses of desperate people. And that is what it's coming down to. And no gated community, no exclusive area is going to be able to protect you. Because, ironically, it's like one of those many movies that we've seen over the last 10 years. A dystopian society where somehow people are actually becoming zombies and there's not enough military or police or policing that can take care of them, that can relocate them, that can wipe them out. This is a sheer consequence of governmental greed and malfeasance. When you have a government which is basically owned and operated by corporate ink, and they're not concerned with all of these other problems that are taking place. As a matter of fact, there is a reason why I believe it's Elon Musk is building his own private airstrip in Austin, Texas. Because one thing that they have learned one thing that the, uh, the oligarchs know is that sooner or later, this Ponzi scheme is going to come crashing down. And 
when that happens, they want to be able to get out of Dodge quick. And in order to do that, well, it helps if you have your own airstrip and your own plane and it's fueled and ready to go at all times. But even with this, and even if they leave, which is almost inconsequential, again, what happens to us? Again, we will be the ones holding the bag. So, if they're going to have this kind of plan, well, if it's going to get to that point, we better have a plan. You better have a plan. Of course, the whole idea is to not be in that position in the first place. That's what I wanted to talk about now. There are certain things that you can do, and I realize this may not apply to everyone, but I have to say this because, well, it's just good general information to know. And actually, it might help a whole hell of a lot of you. One thing that you need to do, of course, if possible, is get out of debt. And if that is not entirely possible, then you need to restructure things so that at least you're not going any further in debt and you're actually keeping some cash for yourself. I would not, for instance, suggest keeping larger sums of money in your financial institution because that can be changed and access to that can be changed literally overnight. I'm not necessarily saying that you need to stuff all your money in your mattress. I would come with something a lot safer and better than a mattress but hopefully you get the point. The main thing to be on guard against with this is to stop fooling, fooling around and falling for constant, unending consumerism. Do not go into debt on a new car, whether it's gasoline, electric, or runs on fucking nuclear energy. Get yourself an older car. You should be able, for instance, to get a good, solid car for $5,000 or less. It may not be the current newest technology and uh, all that, but on the other hand, for something as ubiquitous as an automobile, you're not 20, 30, 40,000 or more into debt and on the hook. Not to mention the fact that in the event of an emergency, you know, and you have no money for the payments, that gleaming nice vehicle that you have, it gets taken away from you. Hey, you might only own a car worth $2,000, but at least if your name's on the title, they're not going to take it from you. The point of this is overall with bigger items. The main thing in particular being a car. Don't buy a new car. See, that's a simple thing. Do not buy a new car. In addition to that, 
If you have or just recently purchased a new car, get out of it. Get out of it any way you can. If Even if it's a break-even deal or even if you lose a small amount of money, get out of that car. Sell that car. And of course, the proceeds will go to the lender and do as I say and get you a good used car. The same thing goes as an example for other high ticket items such as, um, well, durable goods, uh, a washer, a dryer, anything that is bigger and larger. You basically don't want to buy new. You don't want to buy anything new, if at all possible. You want to get yourself out of that and get yourself conditioned to buying used and learn how to be a smart shopper. You'll hold on to that little bit of money that you do have. And like I said, I wouldn't suggest, despite the temptation of interest rates or this little other little con that they have with all these various Ponzi uh, financial schemes that they offer, keep your money to yourself and you also won't need a financial advisor. The best financial advice you'll be taking on your own. You're holding on to your money. So <clears throat> that's a couple of examples of what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, getting out of this. Understanding what is going on. Understanding, for instance, that the number one uh, situation that they have had for the last particularly 40 years is this almost like trance-like state of the consumer of buying anything and everything. And if you did a little analysis of this, you find out that the cost is really ridiculously high. As a brief example, all those years ago, the whole idea, for instance, about fast food was, well, it was fast and it was also cheap. Not anymore. It hasn't been that way at least, at least for 10 or 12 years. I mean, if you go into, for instance, a, a Burger King or someplace like that and you just get a standard meal, you're looking at paying anywhere from 9 to $12 that's not cheap it's especially not cheap when you consider the quality and quantity of the food you're getting and after all on top of that I mean can you really call that shit food anyway you could get some much higher quality food at your supermarket and with just a few minutes spent you could fix it yourself you could buy a whole lot more beef than you can cheeseburgers, for instance. This is just one of the many ways that you can try to, well, help yourself, get yourself out of the hole. Instead of constantly relying on governmental controls that are going to take care of these problems for you. They're not. Despite what they may claim and despite all the rhetoric that they love to kick around, such as the 
Consumer Protection Agency, which actually almost from its inception did very little to really protect consumers. Now it's even much more a former, a shadow of its former self because all the laws and conditions of that agency again have been gutted and stripped. This, of course, is with the intention of the same plan that they've always had to absolutely maximize profit every corner at every transaction for everything. I understand, for instance, that a better grade pack of cigarettes can cost anywhere between $10 and $13 a pack. Now, I don't want to go into the relative merits of smoking or non-smoking. I don't want to be all boo on cigarettes. But I'm simply saying $13 a pack for a pack of smokes? And people are willing and or that addicted to pay for it? Yes, I know that things are certainly not the same price as they were in the 70s when you could get them for 85 cents a pack. But still, that's quite a change in the profit ratios. I'm not talking about cost. It's not an issue of cost. It never has been. It's about profit ratios. And they want their profit ratios as high as possible. And as long as you're willing to go along with that program, well, you're going to have it. That is exactly what I'm talking about. You just generally have to do a consumerist walkout. You're just going to have to walk away. Not to mention the fact all of that shit that you've collected all over the years in your garage or otherwise, and you don't use it, and maybe you haven't used it in a long time, get rid of it. Just get rid of it. With everything particularly large that you get rid of, you feel better. There's a weight taken off your shoulder. And sure, I know you may have paid a lot of money for this widget or for that widget, but I'm telling you, after the fact, after you get rid of these things, you just start feeling better. So that in and of itself is worth the loss. Besides, who wants a whole bunch of junk anyway? Junk you don't need, you don't really want. Anyway, I just wanted to go into some of the... Uh, tactics that you could use to help you in this situation and I sincerely hope that it is helpful. Hey everybody, before I wrap things up I just wanted to give you this little message about the contest. When you go to my website at theearnestmanshow.com and go on the comment section you can actually leave a comment about anything you want whatsoever after all this show is not about me it's about you 
and I really want to know what it is you want to talk about. So please, fill something out, let me know exactly what you want to talk about, and that is exactly what we will talk about. Other than that, all I can say is, I hope you had a good day today, and I hope we all have a better day tomorrow. Take care.